thanks very much for coming. The last session, I really appreciate you um, not kind of going off and having beers and uh, enjoying yourself. So uh, hopefully this will be this you'll enjoy this. Um, I'm here to talk about um, smart speakers. Um, are they joyful or are they painful? Um, are they overhyped? You know, how do we feel about this? Does anyone think smart speakers are overhyped? Yeah. No. Yes. Some people do. Okay. Great. That's interesting. I mean. One could argue another question. Um, is everything on voice a bit rubbish? Yeah. Some people say yes. I say no. I'm going to say no to that. I don't think it's rubbish. I don't think they're overhyped. The problem is our expectations are far too high, right? We, we are kind of, we're sold down the river by films like this, you know? Have you seen her? Oh my God, wouldn't it be amazing if uh, Scarlett Johansson bot came and kind of waxed lyrical into our ear and, and messaged us and told us how wonderful we are and while also sorting out our calendar and, you know, sending our mum flowers. It's a bit, but, you know, that's not going to happen. It might not even happen, that personalised AI might not even happen in my lifetime. But that's what we're led to believe these devices can do when we open them out of the box. We buy them for 30, 50 euros and we think, so all of a sudden, we've got a kind of, you know, a Scarlett Johansson bot. It's not going to happen. Our expectations are too high. Okay, so I, I think what I'm going to talk about is about kind of uh, what we can do and also challenge you in the room to try and uh, come up with some, uh, some kind of content that actually may, may um, encourage and excite audiences and hopefully make them feel like they're not disappointed um, in, uh, in the devices. One of the things um, you do find when you ask it a question most commonly if you ask an Alexa or a, a Google Home a question, is uh, you kind of say, you know, quite straightforward, maybe a little bit complicated question. Sorry? Sorry? Didn't quite get that? And that might be a bit frustrating. Alexa, when can I have a really great discussion with you about politics and education and economics? Hmm. I don't know that. Oh, she doesn't know. Um, because at the moment, they can't quite do that, and it's a bit unsatisfying. And maybe when you unwrap them, some people, I imagine, who got them for Christmas this year may have decided, actually, I'm just going to put that in the drawer. I'm just going to put it in the drawer, and with those chargers for those phones that I got in 2010, and that drawer just keeps hidden, and I'm sure it'll be useful one day. Um, but listen, I'm not a downer on voice at all. I'm actually a big supporter of voice. Um, and, you know, and, and personal assistance, because that's my job. I've actually been hired by BBC R&D to explore voice uh, and, and make content for that platform. And I don't want to kind of, you know, kind of poo-poo it and say it's really rubbish. It's not. Um, I, my job, uh, I've been in working in voice sector for a year and a half. And it is a sector now, which is quite exciting. A year and a half, and I, we were talking earlier, and I was like, I feel like I'm an expert. It's a year and a half, and I've kind of learned all this information, uh, and, uh, and I can pass it on to you guys. But I do have um, some background, uh, relevant background knowledge as well, um, which I'll tell you in just a sec. Um, but what I've been doing in the last year and a half is um, exploring things like, how do we ask for music when we don't know what the artist is? How do we, what might an interactive audio documentary sound like? You know, what are recipes on the internet going to be, um, or through voice, going to be like? And really kind of exploring some of these challenges. I haven't got all the answers just yet, but, uh, but that's been kind of fun trying. So my background 
is in music radio initially. I used to produce music radio. If anybody saw Giles Peterson earlier, I used to work with him, and some other kind of BBC talent, which if you're from the UK, you might recognize. Um, and after that, I started working, I did a few interactive audio games, uh, one of which was this one, Papa Sangre. And, um, and so I kind of, those skill sets that I got from working in music radio and then looking at kind of audio-only games have really led me on to kind of be, I feel, well-placed to work in voice. Um, and it's quite interesting, actually, uh, people who are working in voice, is it's a really multidisciplinary um, team because some people come from radio, some people from UX design, some people obviously engineers, game designers, and all these skills are kind of being thrown into a pot and we're coming up with um, interesting and kind of great bits, hopefully, bits of content and exploring this space. And it's, a, it's really nascent and I would really encourage you, you know, all to get involved. It's, it's a really exciting space. Uh, and as I said, the talk is really to try and hopefully excite you about this space and try and encourage you to kind of to join me on that path. So my interest um, in voice is part of a wider interest in sort of developments in terms of in audio at the moment, right? I think it's so exciting where we are in audio. If you're an audiophile right now, like this is boom time, yeah? Because you've got personalization, You've got voice activation, streaming, obviously. Um, and, you know, it's a really brilliant moment. Podcasts, on-demand content. I think we, we should call this, really, the golden age of digital audio, yeah? It's so exciting. Um, it's, it's a you know, it's brilliant time to listen and to create in this space. But as I said, at the moment, I'm working pretty much predominantly in the voice space. Um, so what do we know about voice? Well. The devices are selling, right? 44 million sold so far, apparently, was the last number I hear, heard. Um, you know, people have them in their kitchens, smart speakers in their kitchens, all over the world, starting in English language. Um, I think uh, Google Home are coming to Holland um, later this year. We've got missing, you know, um, India, various languages all around the world. And it's not just Google and Amazon. There's obviously big Chinese companies like Baidu as well, kind of in this space too. And it's not just smart speakers, is it? Of course, you can tell your TV, your Samsung, your TiVo, change the channel, pause the TV, your telephone. I mean, Google Assistant is huge on Android, Siri, etc. right? It's in, in your car, okay? It will be in our car soon. It's in any an infinite number of um, devices being connected. And if you look at the Amazon store, um, there's 200 Alexa-enabled products on there at the moment, okay? So it's, if you think about that, it's going to become omnipresent way of humans talking to machines. It's not the only way we're going to talk to machines, for sure. Like, I'm not blinded by that. It's definitely not the only way, but it's a way. But it's also a way that machines will talk to machines, right? They're going to communicate to each other. And also, weirdly, if you, you, know, if you think this is interesting or exciting, Google have just recently announced a duplex, which is... Um, Machines pretending to be humans talking to humans, you know, where you can, uh, the Google Assistant will phone up your hairdresser and book you an appointment, um, never telling them that it's actually the assistant. Um, so, spooky. Um, so, I think actually that's quite an interesting, raises an interesting point, and there's lots of discussion around this, around the role of the personal assistant, because, you know, if you have a set of, you have an assistant and everything is something which is designed to be um, told, given orders to, 
yeah? So I may order my device to, maybe I'm feeling a bit lazy, don't want to check on the internet, what's the weather? Turn on the music, yeah? Maybe I'm feeling, uh, I just, can you just turn the lights off? Or um, I'm thinking, you know, I, I just, it's a lot of orders and kind of um, asking somebody to do something. And it's not always done politely. Has anyone here, who's got a device or who uses? Okay, do you find yourself talking politely to it? Or sometimes do you have to kind of shout a bit? You do end up shouting a bit, don't you? Yeah, and if you know that um, uh, Alexa, Amazon, sorry, released a, um, a children's device where the children had to say please and thank you, yeah, because presumably because parents were getting frustrated of hearing their kids barking orders, right, at these devices. Come on, turn it off! Right? My, my kids do. Echo, echo! You know, I hear them screaming um, at the device, right? So, so I wonder, and there's some thinking around this at the moment, I wonder what behavioral precedents um, these devices are setting, you know, because we're sort of saying, do this, do that, you know, I'm the master, you are my servant, you are my assistant, right? Make me do this, do this for me. And I just wonder, I have some nerves about this, about, you know, is this the way we should be communicating to machines? You know, does it, what does it, when you hear children barking at machines, what behavior, what kind of example is that? You know, but then I, you know, on the flip side, I also think, well, hold on a sec, we're marching towards the singularity, right, where machines might get cleverer than us. Maybe it's a good thing we're barking orders at machines because maybe the opposite is them listening to us, them monetizing us, them being in charge of us. Like, maybe I'm being a bit of a sci-fi drama queen here, but like, maybe that's also scary too. Or is there a kind of third way? Is there a way where we can be a bit more equal to, the, to machines, where we can have um, honest dialogue, where we can have open dialogue, where we can have kind of entertaining dialogue, where we can learn from machines and machines can learn from us, right? That would be, in my naive world, wouldn't that be great? And I think one way of doing that, or at least a small step towards that, is to create engaging content, yeah? And what I mean by that is content that is funny, right? You're listening to your devices and you're thinking they're funny. I'm laughing, I'm not just ordering you around. I'm having a conversation with you. I'm genuinely having an interaction with you. And therefore, I'm not just saying, can you order me a taxi, order me a pizza, open this song, do this. Actually, there's more of a two-way dialogue. Um, and that's what, I'm, I, that's what I'm aspiring to do when I'm creating content for these, for these devices. And one of the interesting things um, about these devices is that at the moment, they're quite limited in what they can do, which is why they can be a bit disappointing, right, and frustrating when you first turn them on, because you want it to do more, right? And the technology at the moment doesn't allow us to do things. So for makers, that can be quite frustrating, right? They have this thing where there's sort of two different interaction models, um, and this is definitely applies for Google and for Amazon, where you can either have long-form content like Spotify or Audible, but within that long-form content, you only have very basic controls like skip, pause, resume, yeah? You can't actually speak to your um, devices in this kind of streaming model beyond just basic instruction. Or you have the uh, more interactive model, right, where you can have, you can program it to answer and ask um, uh, lots of different kind of, um, lots of different utterances, right? But with that, you have to, you only have about, if you're working in audio where I am, you only have 90 seconds, two minutes worth of um, audio before you have to ask another question, 
right? That's a real constraint in, a, in when you're designing a bit of content at the moment, okay? So this is a kind of you know, age-old thing, but hey, look, constraints can be creative too, right? It gives you some parameters when you're working tool, and you're thinking, well, I can either work in one model or the other. Can I come up with something exciting and dynamic within those constraints? So an example being um, that uh, we made an interactive science fiction drama last year called The Inspection Chamber. It's a, there's four characters. Um, two of the characters are scientists, and they are inspecting you. You're a character. You're the being, okay? And you're being inspected to find out um, what kind of being you are. It's basically an interview format, right? So every 90 seconds, you get asked another question, right? But the, li but the listener doesn't really realize that they're kind of the system's being hacked. We're trying to do it in a kind of a narrative way to make it, um, uh, make it enjoyable. I'll play you a little clip of video and you'll get what I mean. It's just the kind of setup, so, well, you'll see what I mean. Have a listen. Hello, my name is Dave. I hope life has been comfortable in the containment area. I suppose you might call it the kitchen or the bedroom or the living room. That's your choice. The scientists are nearly ready to meet you and start the inspection. You're not one we've seen before and it's the job of the scientists to identify everything we've never seen before and incorporate it into the database. You might even be the last thing they ever have to identify before they go home. That makes you quite special. Do you feel special? Sometimes. Yes. Lovely. That's one for the album. To be honest, I'd marked you down as special anyway. Now, it's probably best if you assume a position where we can take a proper look at you. Perhaps stop what you're doing, sit down, and come close. As part of the inspection, you will have to answer some questions like this. Dream or reality, which one? Dream. Reality. Very well, reality it is. Now, if you ever feel a bit lost, just ask for help. I'm afraid I can't always promise to help you. But it always feels good to say it out loud, doesn't it? Help! Ha, 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 ha. Siri. Anyway, as I said, that was just the setup, really. But it is quite fun. If you play it, it's, ask a, it's on Alexa, enable inspection chamber, have a go. Um, and I think, you know, that was using the limitations. It was a prototype, but it's kind of good to have a, have a play. And I think one of the interesting things is, um, you know, those limitations and those kind of confines of the new technology actually, you know, embrace them, right? It, it, we should embrace them and make the most of them because in like 10, 20 years' time, we might look back at this moment and go, hey, do you remember when Alexa... <laughs> we might not, but sad losers like me might. You know, when you go, hey, remember when we could only have short-form content? Or remember when it always just said sorry all the time, right? If I, I'm 42 and I think nostalgically about spinning my cassette tapes on a biro, right? And I think about the lovely noise of crackle of records. And sometimes those, those things define a, a medium, right? The sort of limitations define it. And I think I'm just going to rip the quote, so I should actually give the, the right um, 
Uh, there we go, it's a Brian Eno quote, you know, whatever you find weird, ugly, uncomfortable and nasty about a new medium will surely become its signature. And I think that's really exciting. So kind of thinking with voice devices, stuff that we find clunky, we might feel quite kind of um, nostalgic about or our children might feel nostalgic about when they grow up. Um, so anyway, there's a couple, that's I think one way is to kind of embrace the constraints of these devices and create something that is, you know, really exciting around the constraints. And the other way is just to kind of totally throw it out the window, right? You can do it your own way, yeah? Just be an artist and go, this is all wrong. I want to make it my way. And I think this is, this is really exciting. And that might mean that you can't release something right now. Yeah, you can't make a voice skill because the technology doesn't allow you to right now. But what you can do is that you can show, you could do like a hack version of it together. You could, show, you could do a, you know, some kind of prototype that you can show the platform owners and stuff, this is where you want to go. This is where we think the technology should go, right? And that is really important. You know, we need people who can kind of break the rules. What's that phrase that's going around at the moment? Be more pirate, you know, really mess it up a bit, yeah, in order to kind of inspire and tell us where, where we need, um, uh, you know, the voice platform to go. I was kind of looking around last week um, about what I could show that demonstrates um, kind of somebody doing something quite creative. And this grad student from America sent me his video, and he's just basically like, I want to, he's a script writer, he's not a developer, and he said, I want to write um, a, a drama that features Alexa, and um, I, so I learned some JavaScript, wrote the drama, and I just thought, okay, I'm just going to put it together. His name is uh, Trip Venturella. And, uh, and you know, I just thought, you know what, it's really cool. I'm going to play you a bit of it, just because it's somebody thinking imaginatively about what you can do in this space. Um, here we go. All right. Alexa, ship status report. It's another um, sci-fi. <laughs> Ships' engines are functioning at full capacity. Antimatter reactors at 50% capacity. Shields are fully charged. Analyze the alien vessel. Vessel is of unknown origin and unknown material. Analysis indicates we are in a situation of first contact with unknown species. Set coordinates for 30 degrees off the galactic mean on photon missile base. Captain? Arm photon missiles. Why do you always arm the weaponry? Because they're an unknown vessel and might be aggressive. Why don't you ever ready the sick bay or the hydroponics? Why greet them with missiles and not food and medicine? Can you please follow the order? I don't believe arming is appropriate. It may initiate conflict. Alexa, run a conflict probability analysis for arming versus preparing food in sickbed. No. I won't play you the whole thing, but it's really cool. Do look him up, Trip Venturella. And I just really like what he's done. He's, you know, he's just stretching the medium, stretch, pushing the boundaries a little bit and from a creative side. And that's what the people that are, are my colleagues at R&D are doing as well. They're exploring the space. They're tinkering. They're kind of, you know, they're picking apart what the device can do. Like somebody is genuinely, this is what goes on. Uh, they are exploring how by when you're reading in haikus uh, into uh, a device, 
you can make um, uh, semantically analyze those haikus and produce music out of it. Right, that's happening. Um, and they're also exploring how to turn the devices into instruments. They're looking at 1960s um, hipster kind of literature and thinking, how can you randomize it? This is the kind of stuff that is it's not going to be mainstream. It's not going to be a massive product on the BBC. It's just exploring and testing the boundaries of what these devices can do in order, in really, in order just to kind of stretch it and go, OK, this is what it's capable of. And I think that's what it's really exciting. That's, a, that's what artists should do, right? That's what you should be, we should be doing, stretching and testing. Um, there's this lovely phrase that, um, that uh, some Daniel Bowen Jaunt said, and he's talking about VR here, but I think the same applies in voice, okay? Over time, the behaviors of the avant-garde transfers down to the early adopters and eventually the mainstream, right? I wouldn't be surprised if amongst you guys, yeah, there are creatives, builders, doers, designers, right? I, you know, the voice needs people like you to come in, stretch the boundaries, push things forwards, you know, work out whether it's through the constraints, whether it's through being more kind of avant-garde and pushing the, chucking the rules out of the window, but make it better. You know, if you think it's disappointing now, make it better, okay? Because we have a mass market device that is in homes, on phones, in cars, and it's only getting more, it's only getting bigger, right? And it's a really amazing opportunity. Don't think of it as a smart speaker, okay? Think of it as a computer with power that we can interact with, okay? And it's such an opportunity to create kind of moments of joy and wonder for the, going into the next, the next few years. Thank you very much.